0: And we uh, decided that I should preach about one of the great values of Josh J, and that's what I'm going to share about. One uh, wanted this start off, you know, this this last lockdown that took place with this third wave of COVID uh, was 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 incredibly tough for me because you know, we were four or five weeks uh, not meeting as a church, but when we got back together that first Sunday and we started to worship, it was just like, oh, this is so wonderful. This is this is what it's all about. Not only did I have the joy of being able to uh, meet and greet and see their faces yes i could meet them during the week one-on-one at coffee shops and that kind of stuff but just to have the buzz in the foyer and then together to say we're going to worship god and to hear the voices from the background even if it was only 50 of us it was just such an incredible joy and i came to realize that god's eternal purpose for the world has always been wrapped up with his people in psalm 133 it says behold how good and how pleasant it is for people to dwell together in unity i mean you know that we can dwell but it's so much better when we dwell together and it's even better when we dwell together in unity John chapter 17, Jesus prays, it's regarded as his high priestly prayer, and he prays five times, Father, make us one, make us one, make us one. If there's anything that the devil wants to do is to divide so that he can conquer us. If we go to verse 2 of Psalm 133, it is like precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the Jew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. From there the Lord commanded a blessing, the life forevermore. If you want the blessing, if you want the anointing of God, you have to dwell together in unity. And that's really The essence of my sermon this morning. I'm going to be speaking about there is more power in the we than in the me. There is more power in the we than in the me. In Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, it says, But as for me and my house, and here we see a word, as for me and my house, we Will serve the Lord. Last thing, right at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> As for me and my house, we, we will serve the Lord. There's more power in the we than in the me. And when we cease thinking about the me and the my, and we start to think about the we, things begin to change, and we begin to command the blessing of God and experience His anointing. It's so much better in a marriage. When we stop thinking about me and my in marriage, and we stop thinking about we, that there is blessing that comes in a marriage. In your businesses, when you stop thinking about me and my, and you start thinking about we, God brings His blessing. And in the church, when we stop thinking about me and my, and we start thinking about we, things begin to change. That's good. In Numbers, chapter 11, verse 17, we see that God says to Moses, I'm going to take the spirit that is on you, and I'm going to give it to 70 elders. <laughs> it's not a one-man show, George. Sure. Not a one-man show. If there's anything that we believe as a kingdom church, it has to be about us. Sure. Mm-hmm. And God took that same spirit that was on Moses and placed it on the 70 elders and God began to bless. They began to be a force. They began to defeat evil forces. When we pray in the Lord's Prayer, the first word of the Lord's Prayer is Our, not my, our Father who art in heaven. And when we begin to pray that kind of prayer, families change, churches change. I love the story in Acts chapter 3 where Peter and John were going for a walk and they came across a, a lame man. And together, together, I want you to get together the command of this man. Silver and gold have we none, but in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. It always helps when you've got somebody to minister with and sing with. There was an old song, I don't know but if you remember it. Forget about yourself and concentrate on Him and worship Him. So forget about yourself. Forget about me and my. Concentrate on Him. And thank you. Thank you. In Acts chapter 6, Medlar, Medlar, just close that door. Thank you, sorry. In Acts chapter 6, we see that there is a moving away of unity. Okay? And, 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 and there, there comes God's judgment uh, upon the church. In that's chapter 6. Okay, so just, just after the Holy Spirit had fallen on the day of Pentecost. Wonderful things are beginning to happen. And we see in Acts chapter sixty it's just like, what was that? Two guys, two people, Ananias and Sapphira, and and, and God caused them to drop dead. Because they weren't working in unity. Nobody was speaking about an offering that was being that was to be made. But people just came and said, we want to promote the gospel. We want to really see God's word and the gospel going forth. And they started to, to sell things and they, they brought their offerings. And Ananias and Sapphira were a little bit suspicious and and they didn't flow in unity with what God was doing. And although grace had started to break into the church, I think at just that particular time, grace was still so new, God said, I'm just gonna return a little bit to the Old Testament and I'm going to bring some judgment on two church people. Boom. And Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead because they refused to get involved. I wanted to say, participation matters. It's not about the we, it's not about the me, but it's about the we. That's where the power is. So, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Pareto Principle. In businesses, we talk about it. So the Pareto Principle is the 20-80% Principle, or the 80-20% the Principle. That's the Pareto Principle. So, uh, on Tuesday evening, the elders and their wives are gonna get together. We're going to have a little bit of a bring and share. So, if if we believe the Pareto principle, twenty percent of the people at that meal will eat eighty percent of the food. How's that? <laughs> okay. The, 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 the Pareto principle says the top twenty percent of your priorities will give you eighty percent return. Sure. Hmm? of your priorities, in other words, if you've got a list of 10 things and you focus on the first two, it will command 80% of your time, 20% of your customers will produce 80% of your profits, 20% of your employees will produce 80% of your problems. 20% <laughs> 20% of your salespeople will generate 80% of your sales. 20% of the information that you are given will produce 80% of your decisions. 20% of the people will take 80% of your time. Sure. That's a terrible thing in the church. You know, all of those that are broken and mm-hmm. weak, oh, yeah, we, we have to give it time. That's fine. Our job is sometimes to equip the leaders Mm -hmm. and to build them up. 80% principle. You come to church, 20% are going to be giving their hearts, and 80% are going to be sitting there like dogs. Wouldn't it be fantastic if we turned that around and 80% are giving their all to the gospel, to the things of the kingdom? The other 20% can sit like all frogs and sit there. <laughs> <laughs> but let's, let's 80% of us give all. You know, when Jesus announced to his disciples that night, and he said, one of you is going to betray me. You know, all of them ask the question, Lord is it I? Lord is it I? We need to be asking. You know, sometimes we come to church and what like, was not for me? but like, that, that—that was for Joe. he needs to sort himself out. was gossip, his gossip is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that was for Joe. If you never ask the question, "Lord, is it I?" And I think sometimes we need to say, "Lord, is it I? Is it I that has to change? I that have to have a, a, a little bit of an attitude adjustment?" Lord, is it me? That has to change and we need to ask ourselves that question mm. so getting back to there is more power in the we than in the me in acts chapter 2 when the holy spirit fell on the day of pentecost and the holy spirit fell and that was the birthday of the church i think the secret is in the first verse of acts chapter 2. let's go to that first verse and when the day of pentecost had fully come look 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 what they say here and they were all with one accord in one place. It's about the we. You see, it's the unity. It's the dwelling together in unity that caused the anointing and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the very interesting thing is that when we see in a few verses later in verse 14 of chapter 2, when when the holy spirit had come they all started to speak in tongues and everybody who was there at this festival and they were looking and said wow what strange language are they talking and peter got up on the day of pentecost and he started to preach and he said look what it says verse 14 but peter standing up with the eleven okay so on the day of Pentecost they'd come out from the upper room and they had come into the streets of Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit had empowered them to be witnesses, to preach the gospel. And Peter was standing there, not like it is today, where there's just one preacher standing and speaking while you sit and listen, but standing with the eleven. There were eleven there standing with them. It was togetherness standing with the eleven, raised his voice and said to their men of Judah, Judea. So, I want, I want to emphasize, the eleven plus Judah makes the twelve disciples. They understood the power of unity. It wasn't a one-man show. It wasn't about me and mine. It was about we. Sure. It wasn't eight. It wasn't seven. It wasn't ten. The 11 plus peter and that equal the 12. one of the great christian events that's going to happen one day is called the rapture and we're going to be taken up and in christ will rise first and then we who are alive listen we who are alive it's not the baptists are going to be taken first and then the presbyterians and then and then and maybe some josh jennings and it's it's we all and everybody who is alive and remaining shall be called up you see the rapture is going to be a we event it's not going to be a me and my event we need each other we need church Mm -hmm. we need to know that we've got each other's backs when we're weak that we have somebody who can pray for us, who can encourage us, and bless us. It's about the we. Do we really need the local church? I've come to understand, being in ministry for 40 years, 15th of December, 1981. It's a long time. Some of you are not even 40 years old. (laughs) this old man has been in ministry for 40 years. But it's been an absolute joy. But I've come to understand that when we disconnect ourselves from church, we begin to drift spiritually. Church has changed a lot. It's very different to when it was back in the early 80s. Culture has changed going through COVID and lots of isolation taking place. But I've come to understand that this thing called the Christian faith is about relationships. Yes. It's about relationships. Yes. So one of the things that I've come to know and understand, we drift spiritually when we're not connected, relationally. Now, you don't need the church to experience salvation you don't need the church to grow spiritually you don't need that are you say the right thing but without it it will become much more challenging without the church as the foundation the message of jesus travels much slower and when we drift As a community of believers, our minds start to rationalise, I love God, God loves me, it's just me and God, and that's okay, and that's the way it's gonna be. But you see, there's so much more that comes, that's only a half truth, and when you start going down the road of half truths, I think you go down a very dangerous road. But when you are connected with other believers, who are also committed, the likelihood of you experiencing wonderful spiritual growth is much, much higher. You're going to grow wonderfully as you relate to other people. Another reason why we need to be together is that Christianity was never intended for us to be an independent endeavour. In other words, be by myself. The nature of Christianity is relational. First, our relationship with God, God and man, God and woman, but then that was broken when sin came into the world in Genesis chapter 3. But then God instituted a covenant that He made with Abraham and that was fulfilled and made complete in Jesus Christ and that covenant is about our personal relationship with the Lord. So to have a lone ranger mentality is not part of what the Bible is talking about. We don't have a perfect church, we don't have perfect Christians, we are imperfect and we're trying to be perfect like our Father is perfect and we need one another. There are two words that are repeated often in the New Testament. And those two words are one another and i've got a list of 30 different verses and i'm going to read some of the requirements from those verses here 30 one another's in the bible how god intends for us to build church we need to be in strong relationships with one another so here goes the one another love one another, mutually depend on one another, be devoted to one another, outdo one another in showing honour, rejoice with one another, weep with one another, have the same mind towards one another, don't judge one another, accept one another, counsel one another, greet one another, wait for one another, Care for one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens. Give you in Let me continue. <laughs> Be kind to one another, forgive one another, submit to one another, forbear one another, encourage one another. I have to take a break. Build one another. Share up one another, be hospitable to one another, minister the gifts of the Spirit to one another, be clothed in humility to one another, don't speak evil against one another, don't grumble against one another, confess your faults to one another, pray for one another, fellowship with one another, and that's it in our That's the Bible. Sure. We need to be building relationship with one another. That's what Christianity is about. If we don't do that, it just becomes rules and regulations. And nobody likes a religion that is just full with rules and regulations. Yeah. And another reason why we need to be together is to share our gifts and our talents to make us stronger. You see, God has given gifts to people. And if you by yourself, you've got to be like that steward, that servant who was given the talent for you to be carried. But so what does Jesus say to him? What does the master, when he returns, say to him? You wicked and lazy servant, go to the other darkness. Not the pleasant thought. We have gifts to share. Maybe what? What, what are the <coughs> ministries that we've got in josh G. is the 412 ministry where about 400 different churches around the world relate to to us as josh Chin. let's go to the, the ephesians chapter 4. Okay. Okay. so christ himself gave apostles some prophets some evangelists and some prophets and teachers okay so god has given these five different categories of of, of ministries of people uh, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry so there has to be a relationship there we 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 equip the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of christ so let's go to verse 16 then and this is what it says in verse 16 for whom the whole body the whole body it's about we. It's about us. It's not about me and my. For the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. The, the whole body grows and builds itself up. The mm more powerful than the men. I want to tell two stories. The first one comes from the Tower of Babel in the book of Genesis. There was a bunch of guys from who were descendants from Noah who started to move eastward and they were speaking one language and they said, let's build a tower that can reach heaven some interesting dynamics took place. God looked at this and said, hmm, mm-hmm. not good. And God said, if we allow them to do that, and leave them as they are, nothing which they plan to do will be impossible for them. Okay, this is on a negative level. And some terrible, terrible events that have taken place, The guys are united, I think, during the Second World War. Nations got together, and it resulted in millions and millions of deaths between 1939 and 1945. The USSR, the great communist nation, joined together with Russia and Ukraine and Georgia and Belarus Uzbekistan and Armenia and Abidjan uh, and uh, Kazakhstan and Moldova and Latvia, and uh, I don't want to continue with all. <laughs> 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 but you see, we can join together for good and for evil. Sure. But listen to what the Bible says in uh, genesis chapter 11 and verse 6. And the lord said indeed the people are one and they all have one language and this is what they begin to do now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them isn't that a credible thought it could be for evil and it could be for good Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. If you grasp one vision, if everybody is speaking that same language, if everybody is following that dream, dream of the kingdom of God being established in that place, if people see that, then nothing will be withheld from them. Hey, we... So I want to suggest as we go into a time of worship day, there was a time when Paul came to Ephesus in Acts chapter 19 and he preached the gospel. Ephesus was known for its idol sales, and Diana was the goddess of futility. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures or uh, uh, drawings of, of, of Diana. Diana was the, the goddess of sex, the goddess of, of fertility, and if you, if you ever look at, 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 at her, she's got like multiple breasts all over her. I mean, it's a hideous thing. And, and there was a guy, Demetrius, who was the, the uh, guy who manufactured these idols. He was an idol maker. And he was wealthy. And Paul comes to the city and he preaches the gospel and boom, the idol industry just comes to a stop. Boom. Just like that. Because he came and preached and people were responding all over So Demetrius gets together a whole bunch of people and they come and for two hours they screamed. Great is Diana of Ephesus for two hours. They shout. I mean this is this is an idol. This is their God that they thought would help them be fertile and produce children. And they screamed for two hours. If they got together and they shouted and they screamed, how much better would it be for believers to stand and we shout and we scream, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He's King of Kings and He's Lord of Lords. So on this cold winter morning, just a few of us here, I'm going to ask you just for a few minutes, maybe even just for a few seconds, that we stand, we shout and we say Jesus, he's King of kings, he's Lord of lords, and with one voice we say great is our God and great is his name, and we're going to praise